the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast this morning. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, and I'm here in my study at home today because the internet is out at church. Imagine that, $650, $675 a month to have what we have in the rural area that we live in, and it didn't work yesterday, and it's still not working today. Hopefully, they're going to look at it today, but be praying about that internet at the church. Great, great, fast internet when it's running. So uh, if it's not running, it's kind of like a Christian. When it's not running the race, it's dead. So uh, thank God for all of you who sow into the ministry and so that we can pay the high prices that we have to pay out here in the rural areas in which we live to be able to be able to uh, stream online like we are. But thank God we have a, a place here in my study at home and we have barely good enough internet out here, which is farther out, that we can do this and we're thankful uh, for what we have on this day. Amen. We're in the book of Hebrews chapter 4. We should, uh, if we don't finish today chapter 4, we'll be cutting it very close, but we're going to look at some things that are very important at the end of this chapter. I believe some things that most uh, Christians have never heard concerning grace. So grab your Bibles, Hebrews chapter 4. We'll, we will hold that Verse 11 is our, is our starting point here to move on through the end of this chapter today. So again, grab your Bibles and, and uh, let me say before we get started that we just had a phenomenal time in Wichita, Texas, Wichita Falls, Texas, I'm sorry, with Pastors Colton and Casey Hill uh, Saturday night and yesterday morning there at Crossway Church and uh, in Wichita Falls, Texas, and I was so encouraged to see the congregation growing and people coming, and I'm telling you, he, it won't be long till they're just going to be so encouraged. They're already encouraged, but they're going to be so much more encouraged by what the Lord is going to pour out in that city of a hundred plus thousand people, which that's a lot from where we are looking here in Queen City, but the Lord is going to do great things in Wichita Falls, Texas. So pray for that area and pray for that local church preaching the message of the cross. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 4. This is part 11 on this 17th day of May in 2021. So let us start here in verse 11. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest that's still left to us today, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. In where This one verse is very important, very revealing that we are either entering on in to the rest or we are falling away in unbelief. Now I'm going to say that again. Let me just read it again. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest lest any of us, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. It's one of the other. It's not both. We, we at times realize that we are not laboring to enter into that rest. And know this, my friend, that's a place of falling. 
It, 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 don't think that we can't fall as Christians. We're either believing, which is what laboring is here. Verse 3 tells us that we enter in by believing. So laboring here refers to our believing, not just anything, but believing that Christ is the Son of God, that He paid the price for all my sins to be forgiven. But get this, and we'll get to this today, and for all the grace I need to carry out God's will with the fruit thereof. We're going to see that today. And we're going to talk about grace today. Maybe in a light you've never heard it. Most of Christianity has not heard what we will discuss today. Most of those even preaching the message of the cross only, only they limit it to being forgiven of sin, learning how to live without the dominion of the sin nature. But listen to me very carefully. There is no grace of God being offered to anyone where, where faith is not found in the sacrifice of Christ. It's not just the forgiveness of sins. It's not just learning to live without the dominion of the sin nature. And I guess you could tie living under grace is taking place when you've learned and are learning, continual learning, continual entering on in through faith in the Word of God, believing the Word of God as it pertains to Christ and what He's done at Calvary, that learning that the sin nature can be dormant as long as we are running the race, living under grace and not law. But we need to make sure we get this before we move on from here. The cross of Jesus Christ and our faith therein is, is, is not only for the forgiveness of sins. That's what it does immediately. We're forgiven and justified, hallelujah, sanctified, washed by that blood, set apart for the use of God according to His will. But we're also now set apart in a place to where we can approach the throne of grace. And we're going to talk about that today if we can get to it. But it's more than just forgiven. It's more than just a sin nature being made dormant. The reason the sin nature is made dormant is so that we can live by grace. And if our faith remains in Christ and His work at Calvary and we don't start mixing and trusting in other things, then we will be functioning under grace. It takes faith in the cross to get any grace. And grace, and we're going to learn, we're going to hear this today, grace is what God does according to God's will in and through the life of men. Grace is what God does. And you might say, no, grace is what I do by the Spirit. Okay, but there, that last part, you just said, by the Spirit. The Spirit is God. You can't get away from it. Grace is what God does. Hebrews 10 calls the Spirit of truth the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 10 calls Him, that third person of the Godhead, equal with the other two. Hebrews 10 calls Him the Spirit of grace. 
So we're going to see some things about this today that grace has not just got me covered till I get to heaven. Grace is what God desires to do and is able to do in and through me till I get to heaven if he finds faith that pleases him, faith in his son, the faith we live by, Paul said in Galatians 2.20, the faith that we live by, this life we live now in the flesh, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. And you might be thinking, well, Paul really meant we live by faith in. No, he didn't mean that when he wrote that. He meant we live by the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave himself for us. And to prove that, the confirmation of that is in Romans 12 and 3, that the Lord has dealt to every man among us the measure of faith that we think not more highly of ourselves than we ought. And how we think more highly of ourselves than we ought is by trusting in anything other than what allowed God to deal us that measure of faith he measured that faith to us out of the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. We need to remember that. And we're going to see some things today. So grab your Bibles, follow along. We're going to do a little reading. Back, try not to get hung up here. Let us labor, us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man, any of us, fall after the same example of unbelief. One more time before we move on. We're either believing to enter on into that rest through faith in the cross or we're falling away. Just like countless millions have done. Not only in the Old Testament, but even in the New Testament. Verse 12, because the word of God. Now see, remember, Laboring in verse 11 is tied to believing in verse 3. Can't separate them. Our labor to enter on in is our believing. And what do we believe? Here it is, verse 12. For, because the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And we discussed some of this. You could talk about this verse for months on end. You could talk about it. But we're going to move on today and go back and get, if you've missed it, go back and get what's been discussed. It'll help you. Neither is there any creature, verse 13, that is not manifest in his sight, the word of God. See how the Lord, the Holy Spirit here is tying the word of God to him, the living word of God. The written word of God can never be separated from the living word of God, Jesus Christ, and what he, and what he did at Calvary. So the written word of God through the living word of God and his bloodshed our faith in that every day, now faith is, not yesterday, maybe tomorrow, now faith is. Our faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary allows the Holy Spirit to put the laws of God, which is the word of God, into our hearts and to write them in our minds. That's not mystical and magical, my friend. The spirit of truth, as he is able to bring us to the place where we can learn truth and we're learning as we're following. He, he came to guide us into all truth. And as he is teaching and guiding, he is writing it 
on our minds, in our hearts. You need to understand that. So, verse 13 calls this living word of God a him and a his. Watch. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do, which means we give, which we have to give an account to is what that means. We've discussed it. Verse 14, seeing then, and let me say this today, nobody's seeing properly, nobody's seeing what they need to see unless their faith is in the blood of Jesus. Not was. The moment we were born again, it's because we trusted in the death of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins. And just as Jesus told Nicodemus, no man can see the kingdom, no man can enter the kingdom or even see it until they're born again. That's John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, if you're taking notes and, and you need to be. But there are no eyes to see spiritually unless we're looking through the blood. It's the blood of Jesus and our faith there in our hearts believing unto that righteous work at Calvary that allowed God to give us eyes to see. No man can see the kingdom, enter the kingdom, understand the kingdom until they're born again. But we know that it, as we go along, we must continue to enter in. We must continue to believe. And to believe it must be the word of God in its righteous context. We must understand that. Because Peter wrote in 2 Peter 1 and 9, if I'm not mistaken, you can write it down and look at it later, that if we forget we were purged from our old sins, and that doesn't mean it just goes away and we can't even remember it. It means that if we put anything else above it, if we just put that on the back burner and now all these, uh-uh, my friend. Peter said if we forget we were purged from our old sins, we will go blind again. We need to remember that. When we put anything above and before the gospel, all these fads that come into the church, these men under the influence of Satan bring these fads and schemes of the enemy into the church, they're all distractions. God's using the gospel, and it is the power of God. Hallelujah. The preaching of the cross is the power of God to us who are saved. But it's foolish. It's so foolish to those who are perishing that they have to keep bringing fads into the church because to, to be trusting, they say, in the cross and anything else is from the heart to tell the Lord the cross wasn't really enough for this. The cross of Christ wasn't enough. Oh, it might be enough to get me saved, but it's not enough to keep me. Oh, see, we tell the Lord with our hearts much more than we tell him with our lips. We have enough sense to tell God not to say the things that we're really trusting in, but he sees it all because here in verse 13, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we will give an account. What are we going to give an account for what we trusted in? That's it ultimately right there. At the, at the judgment seat of Christ for all Christians, we're going to give an account. 
for what we were really trusting in because what we didn't do we should have done and what we didn't do we should have done is all based on what we were really trusting in. Somebody said amen. That is good right there. Thank you, Lord. That's good. And at the great white judgment, <laughs> the great white throne judgment, where only the lost are going to be judged and then cast into the lake of fire, it's all going to, that, all that judgment is based on what they were really trusting in because it's all laid bare naked and open before him. He sees today what we're trusting in. And you and I, you, most of you probably have been brought back to faith in the cross and, and that alone, faith and grace, true biblical faith and grace, back to the place of our first love. But you, you and I even honestly have to admit today that when we get in the flesh, I, I didn't say if, I said when we get in the flesh, in that moment we carry that work of flesh out, we weren't trusting in Christ in what he did at Calvary because that always works. That never, but that's the work that God did because he loved us. It was the work of love of God in Christ. It was the manifestation of God's love. 1 John 4, 9 and 10 was what Christ did at Calvary. And when we are actually trusting in that, and I know we claim we do, and in an overall status we do, but in the moments that we slip and we start tripping up, we start staggering. In those moments, when, when we commit an act of sin, whatever that might be, we weren't trusting in the midst of that in what Christ did at Calvary. So the Lord sees all that. You, you can't disagree with that. When you carry out an act of sin, it's not just because you're a human. We are human and we still do live in a flesh body and we are going to make sinful mistakes. You better know it. And anybody says we're not, the Bible says they're a liar and the truth is not in them. My point is this. In the very act of that sin, James said it's because when we're tempted, it's, through, it's because we're carried off under the lust of our own flesh. And in the midst of that happening, there is a moment there of time. It may be two minutes. It may be a minute. It may be two weeks. It may be two months. I don't know. You do. For you. But in that period of time, there is a lacking trust of what Christ did at Calvary. And if we say we were, even when we were sinning, then we don't really understand what it means to trust in Christ and what he did. We don't understand that he died for me, but yet I was crucified with him. The old man was put away, and as long as I'm trusting in that, the sin nature remains dormant. And yes, we still have a flesh, but the answer for the flesh not being fulfilled is walking after the Spirit. Study Galatians 5. The flesh, there's a promise to those who keep fight to keep their fight, fight to keep their faith, rather, in the crucifixion of Christ because there we were crucified and the flesh was crucified. Not just the sin nature, but the answer for even those outbursts of the flesh is the cross of Christ. And when the flesh 
carries out an act of sin, fulfilling into the act of sin, whether it's in the heart or carried out in a physical way, God sees it and the answer for it is the cross of Christ to keep our faith there, to confess those sins and allow him to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, which is what that was. But if we learn to walk after the Spirit, the Bible says, for those of you who can believe the Bible, and we have to fight the good fight of faith to believe, to enter on him, and to continue to mature and bear forth the fruits of his righteousness and his goodness. There is a promise to us that the flesh, the lust of the flesh will not be fulfilled. Means it won't knock us out of the race. It means it won't cause us to quit. It won't cause us to lose hope because when we do begin to look in a wrong direction, we begin to move in a wrong direction, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of grace is there to point us back to the right direction, which is following after the Spirit. And and the fulfillment of the lust of the flesh won't happen if we're walking after the Spirit. Study Galatians 5. You'll find it to be a marvelous, wonderful promise of truth that cannot fail if you learn what it means to walk after the Spirit, which simply put is to keep your faith in the acknowledgement and your identification of your own self with Christ at the crucifixion. There's where he identified himself with you with an open door to him to be identified with him. Not the miracles he performed. Let me say that again. At the cross is where he identified himself with you as the one who represented you before God and open the door to you so that you could, through faith, identify yourself with him through faith in his death for the forgiveness of your sins and the putting away of that one that was causing those sins, the sin nature. And though we're still living in a flesh body, again, the apostle Paul said in Galatians 2.20, the life I now live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God that loved me and gave himself for me. Let's move on. I see you guys are so hungry we're not going to be able to finish this fourth chapter again, but we're pressing on toward it. Verse 14, seeing then, those who are entering in are seeing then that they do have a great high priest that's already gone before us into the heavens. It's Jesus, the Son of God. So let us hold fast our profession. Holding fast our profession is us continuing to believe the Word of God in the context of this one who said the Word was written of him, the volume of the book was written of him, the Scriptures testify of him. He is the light of the Word of God, and what he did at Calvary is the only avenue of interpretation and application of God's Word into our hearts to the point of experience. Hallelujah. Mighty God. Hallelujah. Let us hold fast our profession. Don't let that confidence dwindle away. Don't let that patience 
Stop work. Keep holding fast your profession of faith and don't mix any other thing with it. No matter what grandma says, no matter what your preacher lacks knowledge and tries to say, leaving the TV on some spiritual station 24-7, not going to heal you, not going to deliver you, not going to save you. It's what happens in your heart. Not what's going on on the TV or the radio or the newspaper. It's what happens in your heart. It's with your heart you believe under righteousness. With your heart you believe God's word in its righteous context which is only revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17 and allows you to move from faith to faith which is equivalent to going entering on into the rest of God. It only happens as we go from faith to faith, holding the profession of our faith in Christ Jesus and Him crucified every day. We only go, listen, we only enter on in by believing. It's called laboring here, but our labor is to believe. Remember, Jesus said when asked by the people surrounding Him, what must we do to do the works of God? Jesus said, just believe upon Him who He sent. Our our laboring to see the works of God, our laboring to enter on into the plan of God for our lives is our believing the Word of God, but in its righteous context. Oh, it's so important. In its righteous context, meaning the context of the righteous one and the righteous work he carried out at Calvary, Isaiah 32 and 17, the work of righteousness is peace. And Colossians 1 and 20 says he made our peace by the blood of his cross. So you can't separate the work of righteousness from the blood Jesus shed at Calvary. That is the work of righteousness. And all of God's words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. And faith comes when we hear God's word in the context that reveals the righteousness of God in the gospel. You can't let go of the gospel or you've loosened the profession of your faith. Even though you're declaring and you're quoting and, 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 you, and you're doing all this, if you let go of faith in the sacrifice of Christ and begin to mix in with that other fads and schemes and these things that the enemy through men who are not God's ministers of righteousness but they are under the influence of Satan. Who Listen, all the ministry of Satan is a self-transforming ministry. They tell you what you have to do to be transformed, what you have to do to be saved. That is not God's ministers of righteousness. God's ministers of righteousness declare God's words of righteousness that always point to the Son of God who is the righteous Lamb of God that laid His life down so that God's righteousness could be declared from that place of sacrifice. Romans 3, 25 and 26 so that you and I could be made the righteousness of God, become servants of that righteousness and learn to seek that righteousness first and only hunger, thirst after His righteousness. Hallelujah. That, listen, anything that's not using God's Word to point you to the, Calvary, to, to the cross, and I'm not talking about at the end of a message, just one sentence, well, you know it's all about the cross. I'm talking about the expounding and the revealing of Christ 
as the teacher and the preacher is led by the spirit of truth, the spirit of grace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm talking about as the scriptures are poured out by the spirit, so is the picture of Christ painted in our hearts. Hallelujah. And his words of life are written in our hearts, in our minds. Glory to God. That is what the new covenant is about, being for our sins forgiven and forgotten by God in him writing his laws, his words of life in our hearts, on our minds. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Seeing then that we have a great high priest and those who are entering on him, not talking about folk just go to church every week. They just doing, they just in the motions. They, they doing what the good upstanding citizen of the community is going to do and we all need to be going to a local church. If we're not, we're, in, we're already in big trouble. If we can and we're not in a church preaching and focused on the cross of Christ, we're in big trouble. I'm not talking about folks that can. I'm talking about folks that can and just choose not to. God knows our hearts, so he's the judge of all hearts. Hallelujah. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, he's already passed into the heavens. It's Jesus, the Son of God. When we're seeing that, we're going to be found holding fast our profession. Not when we say we know it. Not when we, uh, yeah, well, I already know all that. Yeah, I, I got that. No, when we're seeing, when that's what we're looking at, then that's what we're clinging to, hallelujah. And we're going to hold fast that profession of faith. We're going to hold it fast as we enter on in. And we're going to see more and more just how faithful of a great high priest the Lord Jesus Christ really is. And that's his eternal position for you and me. You wouldn't believe it if I told you, but we're out of time. Man, these little half-hour sessions, they go by so fast. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all of you who are praying for us and sowing into the ministry where the truth of God's words of righteousness can be declared and the people of God can be awakened unto righteousness. Glory to God. You can sow into this ministry at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. We love you, and we're praying for you as well, and we'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.